Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show, broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. I'm also the founder and director of the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which travels the country supporting local animal welfare groups after a New York City premiere every October, alongside my annual New York Cat Film Festival, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show was also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their cats. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, no hide, and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaran or Maisie will eat. I got hold of Annie Phoenix again. She's a dog trainer and an author who I really admire and respect. Her book, Positive Training for Aggressive and Reactive Dogs, with the subtitle Proven Techniques to Help Your Dog Overcome Fear and Anxiety, is pretty important now as we read articles in the news about individual dogs going after people, packs or individual dogs going after other dogs. Annie, I really welcome you back to the show, and I'm grateful for your knowledge and your many, many years of experience with many kinds of dogs. And the topic I wanted to start with was Joe and Jill Biden's dog, second dog they've had in the White House that has bitten people, has gone after people. My hair was on fire. I have never heard of anyone keeping a dog in their home, much less a public home, the home of the American people, that would consider putting their teeth on a human, ever, under any circumstance. So what was your thought about this second dog they brought in, yet another German Shepherd, young, and my guess is from a breeding stock of very high-drive dogs, not really intended for pet ownership, much less public ambassadorship in the White House of the United States. The second dog 
repeatedly attacked and bit people that worked in the White House and some Secret Service agents. What was your reaction when you learned of that? Right. First of all, thanks for having me back. I always enjoy our discussions. And like the Bidens, I share a deep love of German Shepherd. I've shared, shared, I've shared my life with many yes. of them. Yes. And they are bred. The AKC standard says to be, they're bred to be wary of strangers. So that, and they, they're not all that way. Certainly right. You can be a, have a happy-go-lucky German Shepherd, but the ones he has are not those dogs. They are doing what we bred them to do, which yes. is protect the flock, protect the herd. And then they're punished for it. Um, and it is dangerous. And they, and I think it's eight to ten bites that I've read, and who knows how many there really are. That's so right. As a canine professional, I'm like, after one bite, we have an inter- intervention. And we look at the dog situation and say, Why? Why is the dog, besides the breed, genetics, yes. you know, his brain yes. is telling him, protect, protect, protect. This is weird. The Secret Service people stand around very stiffly. Correct. There. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, that, would, uh, that would bother many dogs, the way that they, that, the way that they professionally act, and that's how they have to act. And it's just a chaotic environment. It's not a normal home. That home needs a happy-go-lucky, it could, you know, I want to say golden retriever, but they're trying. They can be troubled as well. It's the individual dog. Right. You can have a happy-go-lucky, silly German Shepherd that has no protection <laughs> ideas in its head. Most tend to have that because we put it in there. So I think it's, even though I love the breed, it's certainly the wrong two dogs that they've had for that particular environment. And I think it's a lack of responsibility on, unfortunately, the Bidens, yes, who I think are I agree. empathetic humans, mm-hmm. to not give that dog relief and the relief is either harsher training is from what i understand which is not relief that makes it worse always correct Correct. it's not solving the dog's problems or the first dog they removed so they did provide relief for that one but they're right back with the same breed of dog and seemingly not learning this dog is in distress how can we help this dog well that's a really there's a good way of putting it Um, I want to caution people listening to know that while Annie is being compassionate and empathetic towards the dog, it's her job. Because if she's going to train people to train their dog, she has to understand the dog first. I would say, how do we give relief to the people in the environment of a dog who will go to his teeth as a go-to reaction? I will say that even a German Shepherd or pick other breeds, Rottweiler, Doberman Pinscher, Uh, There's some even more intense ones, maybe even an Akita, that the warning that they give needs to be a bark and and then an amplified bark showing teeth and then even growling. A dog that goes to their teeth as their first method of expressing themselves to me is a danger to society. And I don't believe any such dog should stay in homes where the dog is either not 100% caged, which I think is horrendous, or always muzzled around people. That's pretty harsh too. That is what I believe because I believe that, yeah, we've created the problems or the issues. And in this case, I don't think it is just hardwiring and genetics. This dog was trained elsewhere, is my guess, Mm -hmm. by a heavy-duty trainer, trainers who come out of military working dogs and – police work, they train dogs really intensely. They amp them up. It's who the people are who train those dogs. They're not Annie Phoenix. They're guys. I've met them. They're very buff. They're very militaristic looking themselves. I've worked with one who worked with Belgian Malinois, 
and some shepherds. The the guys themselves are about you will do this, you will do it now, do it again, do it now, do it now. Yeah. Go to there, go. To, it's so amped up. He came to work with me and my Weimar runners, and I'm thinking, no, that's okay. I see you've gotten a lot of effect out of your Belgian Malinois, who was wearing not one, but two electric collars, completely under his voice control. But he had the collars on the dog. Right. Anyway, right. it's it's a kind of a hyper macho environment. Yes. I would say that if, if anybody working for the Bidens, they've got much bigger fish to fry than our show and the topic of their dogs. But if the person training that dog wanted to step up and say, oh, no, I use positive reinforcement. I raised that puppy from eight weeks old that the minute that he put his teeth on someone, he was given something else to do instead like a toy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A stuffed toy or a ball to chase. Uh, but that isn't the way that dog was trained. I think that there is no place for those dogs after one even indication of aggression towards people. Why does it stay there? Why do people and the people surrounding the owners, whether it's a dog trainer, a house cleaner, or in this case, the Secret Service and many other people in the service of the of the house, if you will, why did any nobody speak up? We're, we're not living in a scary country where you can't say, you know what, that dog scares me. Could you do something right. about it? Right? I mean, this is what I'm, I'm bringing this up because other people own dogs like this. And they say, oh, well, I rescued the dog. It probably was abused. Guys, even if it was, it doesn't make dogs bite people. Not your average dog. Annie, how many dogs have you fostered? You came out of a shelter environment. You and your husband have fostered over 400 dogs in 10 years. Is that right? Yes, and that was my learning. I learned more from those dogs in a stressful situation in which I was never bitten. You had learned on your feet. And I, I, that's back in the 2000s in Texas, which was a hellhole for dogs. Oh, yeah. Is in many ways. Oh, yeah. But you can walk into shelters. No one was around. I love German Shepherds. I love, I had a Rottweiler in college. I love big, strong breeds. And that's whose cages I went into. Never bitten. And I learned very quickly canine, beha- canine communication through their body language. Yes. And that's what's missing in, mm-hmm. in this problem with the Biden's dog and with dogs everywhere is that dog owners are not well-versed and neither are forced trainers or they choose to, in my opinion, um, ignore what the dog is signaling because it's very subtle. And the the thing about a dog biting, they tend to not, like you were saying, a dog should growl first and go up that ladder. They don't just, most dogs, unless something is wrong with the hard wiring or they're in immense pain, or they're being abused. <laughs> a dog doesn't go to biting. It's like us stabbing or killing somebody or punching out someone. Yes. And we can get there if we're pushed, right? But yes. then there's consequences. There's legal consequences. So a dog is very subtle in the beginning. It raises its paw. It licks its lips. It has a whale eye where you can see the white in its eyes. It tries to escape. Escape. Yes. Yes. And we remove the escape by putting a leash on it, which we understand why we have leashes. So those signs are ignored. And so that a trainer I know in um, Scotland says the dog is whispering, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Yes. And then it starts screaming. It goes yes. up that ladder, the hair bristles, it gets stiff, it starts growling. And then if somebody punches the growl, it may stop growling and says, I have no way to protect myself from this threat and I have teeth. And you have pushed me. Other than perhaps you know a brain tumor, right. you have pushed me yeah. into the position of because I feel threatened, 
And so I have these teeth and I will use them and then we punish the dog even more. So what is the dog supposed to do? Either complete shutdown, which is what the harsh tools are for. That's right. And don't move a muscle without my permission or you will feel pain, a very sharp pain in your neck, a very sensitive area of the dog, um, or fight back. And so, and I do come from the perception of the perception of the dog. Although I agree with you, a biting dog is a dangerous dog. That dog is seventy to hundred pounds, no doubt, and can really hurt somebody. Take out, you know, hit, bite somebody in the face, bite a kid. All day Are there long. Kids coming in there. Yeah. I had I had a friend who rescued dogs from Mexico, where she also had a house. She lived in California, and she brought one back. Cutest looking dog, Paco, just darling. Looked like a PBGB. Really cute dog. And he bit one of the gardeners in the face who had reached down to pat him, a gardener that was around the property all the time. When I heard that he went after a housekeeper's child in the face, I said, you have to, I'm so sorry, you have to euthanize that dog or keep him caged at all times. No, she didn't want to. I sent her to a veterinary behaviorist, one of the very few in Los Angeles, she's brilliant, Karen Sueda. She was at VCA West LA. I don't know where she is now. Two hours. Two hours, you do an intake, you fill out a form. And her recommendation was the dog can never be loose around people, cannot be around, cannot be approached by people. And they didn't follow the advice. They loved Paco. They said, no, it wasn't Paco's fault. And he bit her secretary right in the face. A, a, a person the dog had been around for three years, every day, day in and day out. So, and she had reached down to just pat him. Now, the dog, yeah. you know, wasn't blind, wasn't deaf, wasn't startled. And even if he was, to keep dogs in home situations where they are a ticking time bomb is just right. vile. It's vile to humanity. I mean, yeah, the dog clearly was very mixed up. When you met him, I met him a number of times, mellow, laid back, chill guy. I I don't know if, if, if that's the equivalent of, you know, like a psychopathic human, like uh, hair trigger, like attack. But, but we have to all admit this. It's not okay to have yeah. dogs that have bitten you or anybody else ever put their teeth on yeah. someone. It's not okay. And these are... These are difficult conversations and stir up they a lot are. of emotions, and, and, and I understand that. And I, um, you know, the, you, I agree with you. The bite should not be the first line of defense. There are reasons dogs bite, and it's up to a trainer to help you figure, yes. give the dog relief so it doesn't have to do that. And that's possible. For example, I worked with a little Maltese mix, the owners. I do a lot of uh, um, virtual consulting. We all have to after COVID. Right. And this was a rescue dog um, that bit, I think, in my intake, I have a very long intake, 17 times when I <gasps> added it up. Okay? Oh, my God. But here's the thing. I would take that dog, and here's why. Seven, it's a, a small dog. It never broke the skin, maybe once, ah. and it didn't require stitches. So, and, you know, German Shepherd bites, and he's got a, a much bigger mouth. So, But still, if a dog has – the dog is saying, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Stop it, stop it, stop it. The human doesn't stop it. And the little dog – actually, a dachshund can break through your finger. A little dog – and that little dog you're talking about did do damage. Especially to children, especially to faces. Un so faces a, is horrifying. Yeah. So there are dogs that say, I'm uncomfortable and I will use my teeth, but it's the level of, we even have a bite score that came from Dr. Ian Dunbar and others, you know, and it, if that's it's right. biting, tearing, that's shredding, right. mm -hmm. that's bad news. 
and that we can't convince that dog not to bite and shred. But that little Maltese, I said, send it to me. I will take it because bless his heart. He's not biting down. He's He's putting his teeth on to to send the person away. I guess the other thing I want to say is that, and this is a phrase that comes from, I don't know what, wolves or something, the taste of blood. And I don't mean literally the dogs like the taste of blood and they want some more. But I do think that having bitten once and achieved, accomplished what you, the dog, wanted to achieve, you have stopped that person. Now, the Secret Service agent bitten in the thigh to the point of having to go to the hospital for puncture wounds uh, that man was just walking. That man was not threatening anybody that supposedly this dog was defending. That is a, a crazy kind of bite. But it, it just seems to me that once you've bitten once and been successful, you, the dog, feel you accomplished what you wanted to. That person is no longer threatening you or whomever you were protecting. Right. You'll go to the bite as a first resource the next time. That's why it escalates. You don't go back to a low growl or a stiff body or barking and showing your teeth, you're like, well, I, you know, it's like you, you, your resource is now just biting. Is that possible? Well, we have a saying in the dog training industry that punishment works. We don't advocate it, those on the force-free side, but punishment done correctly should work. If the punishment should be swift enough and probably harsh enough that the dog stops that behavior and it doesn't show up again. It doesn't always work that way. You take the collar off the dog, a shock collar, and you have a, a dog ready ready for battle at that point because it knows that you yeah. can feel that the collar's off. So punishment does work, and that's what the dog is doing. It's not necessarily punishing, but he's reacting with extreme, you could say, violence uh, out of self-protection most often and fear. Um, there are very few really aggressive dogs. Um, it's more fear-based, and we know that from science. But, yes, uh, the dog said, that worked. Yes. You know, not all dogs. Because they're all individuals, but a German Shepherd love you know we they're they're big in bite sports. They love they, they love are. to bite. We bred oh, them yeah. to bite. That's right. Schutzhund. Um, so I mean, a very famous yeah. sport that you can think it's like agility, and it's mostly German Shepherds and high drive Shepherd type dogs, and it's an extraordinary sport. And there's someone in a bite suit, and one of the many tests is the dog is sent at that person to bite and hang on for all his dear life and hunt the person down and take the person down and the person's protected because that's part of the sport. But now you're talking about such a high level of training and such a different kind of ownership that you have an animal that you have molded and shaped into this behavior, and that's your choice. But now you have to protect the other people around you. Annie Phoenix, we've, we've run out of time. I hope this has helped people to understand we're frustrated by public figures exhibiting behavior that we really don't want you to exhibit, much less your dogs. Annie's book, Positive Training for Aggressive and Reactive Dogs, could not be here at a better time. If your dog is aggressive or reacts, whether it's fear or aggression, please pick up a copy. Proven techniques to help your dog overcome fear and anxiety. There is hope for your dog and that little Maltipoo as well. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. There's a few more special companies that make the show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. I want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered an effective natural way of using plant-powered products to repel fleas, ticks, and other parasites on our pets instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. 
Wonderside makes it possible to protect your pets, children, and property without the chemicals that could be harmful to all of us. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer only to their own high standards. Finally, we're supported by Magic Fabric Pet Throws, developed by a husband-wife team whose expertise in the textile industry solved the problem of their big hairy dog, Molly, who got on the couch in bed with them, despite her wet fur, muddy paws, and shedding. Sound familiar? They created machine-washable Magic Fabric Pet Throws to trap pet hair, dirt, and moisture, letting you enjoy dog and cat cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes, furniture, or decor. You can buy direct from the creators at magicfabric.com. 